When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to our kind of funny Marvel Secret Invasion discussions. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I am joined by, from the deep dive, Eric Voss. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me over. I love these new rock stars and kind of funny collabs. It's like, you know, it's like chocolate and peanut butter or half of a green face and half of a normal human flesh face. Yeah, or in my case, uh, half of an extremely red face with just an even more red face. (laughs) I got sunburned. Let, leave your comments, leave your jokes. Let's just get out of our systems now, okay, everybody? <laughs> I have to say that. I mean, it's not going to stop hey, or start anything. But, prove you know. you're not a scroll because you are affected by radiation. There so we go. There we, we go. You can trust Mr. Gettys. And I'm the only one you can trust, apparently, because yeah. we don't know who to trust out here. Look no. at all these faces. It could be any of them. It could be all of them. It could be none of them. <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see. We're planning to do weekly uh, breakdowns of every episode of Disney Plus's Marvel's Secret Invasion. Um, I will be here each and every week. Will Eric be here each and every week? We're not sure yet, but he'll be here anytime he actually can make the time. And I appreciate the time, by the way. Uh, But if not, we'll have someone else join us. And don't worry, we will do Kind of Funny's MCU in review with the whole crew actually ranking, reviewing, and recapping uh, the series when it's all done. Um, So, yeah, me. I can't wait to see Andy, (laughs) Greg, uh, Nick. You know, it's going to be a fun time. Eric, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm stressed out. I'm yeah. stressed. I mean, after this episode, no one's safe. Uh, my preconceived notions of what Marvel could do with these Disney Plus shows has been shattered. Uh, and I'm just, I'm nervous. Like watching these shows, I forget how stressful they can be. Oh, yeah. Watching them this way. Because there's ramifications. Things, yeah. things happen that like might just completely change the MCU, both on the, the TV side, the movie side, everything in between. Um, like I was saying, we're going to break this down every week. You could watch it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast, and we will be right there for you. If you want to get the show ad free, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producer, uh, Nathan Lamoth, has done. Thank you so very, very much. Today, we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but I'll tell you all about that later. Eric, I just want to start off with, uh, so episode one of Secret Invasion, um, what, are, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I like this change of pace for the MCU. I, you know, if you ask me at any given week, either my number one or number two MCU title is Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and this show gave me complete vibes of that era of the MCU where you don't really know you can trust. Back then it was Hydra, now it's the, the scrolls on Earth. Uh, I think what, it, what's your one or two? What are you debating? Oh, the other one would be Guardians of the Galaxy. Awesome. Just depends what mood. If I'm if hey, I'm yeah. like paranoid about the world right now, <laughs> it's Winter Soldier. If I'm just feeling good and vibing, it's Guardians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think episode one it was a bit of a slow burn, and uh, I think there's a, a masterful twist that happens in the final scene that I think is so well done that uh, I noticed only really on my second watch through of it after I was watching back through the episode. Are we okay to talk about spoilers? Yes. By the way, this yeah. is absolutely full spoilers. So prepare yourselves. If you don't want to be spoiled, you're in the wrong place. 
What a cool decision to have uh, Gravik reveal himself by taking the form of three people who Nick Fury had crossed paths with. I thought was amazing. I definitely recognized the girl with the ball, but the first time I watched it, I didn't catch that it was the guy in the bar. In the bar, yeah. And it was the beret woman who was kissing and staring at him. I, it clocked something that was oh, weird about them. Oh, I didn't them. realize. I, the woman I didn't realize was the, that makes sense. That yeah. That makes sense. Makes sense now, but I think if you miss that the first time, completely forgiven because i missed it the first time. i had to watch it twice to see this and i think if you don't catch that right away i don't know if the episode hits as hard because i, I think it's still a cool shocking twist that happens in the russian unity Day celebration but i think what really makes the episode effective is the sense of paranoia and dread that every move nick fury has made throughout the episode there's been a scroll architect three steps ahead of him and that doesn't hit as hard unless you recognize that all three of those people are people that Nick Fury passed. But what were, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm super into it so far. I'm really enjoying the kind of slow burn aspect to it. I feel like that's not something we've gotten so much from uh, the MCU, specifically in the, the TV show side of things. Um, I, I'm still not completely sold on the fact of, like, are they going to nail it? I feel like Star Wars and or to me was like, oh, wow, Star Wars could be this. Yeah. And I would love for um, the MCU to be this uh, again, especially in, in TV form. And um, I feel like this was Secret Invasion was the one we all had our eyes on of like, this could be the one the Winter Soldier vibes. I mean, even this episode starting with the the Moscow uh, title treatment yeah. that looks same font, exactly like what we've Lagos seen. Or, in, yeah, exactly yeah, in in the uh, um, the the Captain America movies, or even in Black Widow, right? Uh -huh. That are I'd say a bit more from on the serious like spy thriller side mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. MCU, um, which is I, I'm a big fan of the MCU being able to be so many different things, whether it's cosmic, whether it's magic, whether it's just more like big superhero-y stuff, but then also have the grounded stuff, which I don't think is all one thing. We have this stuff, which is a bit more spy thriller, and then we have things like Hawkeye and Daredevil that are the more street level and, and echo upcoming, right? Um, and I like th this vibe a lot. I just feel like we've had so many good spy thriller shows and movies and books and things in, in the world that it really needs to kind of do something special to stand out. And like, how are you gonna use the established MCU lore and characters to, to do something great with it. And I feel like the way this episode starts and the way this episode ends shows that like they're playing with their toys in a very efficient way um, where it, I love the reveals of the scrolls, the, the Maria Hill death at the end. Insane. Which the way that they played this of uh, getting uh, Martin Freeman's character, uh, what's his name? Everett Ross. Uh, Everett Ross yeah. in the beginning. And it's like, okay, cool. He's a scroll. He gets it, whatever. We realize like when he falls off the roof or whatever, it's like there's no way. They just killed him like mm -hmm, that. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, that wasn't him. It was a scroll. That makes sense. To get to the end and have Nick Fury shoot Maria Hill, and you're like, oh, she's a scroll. She's not. Like no. her body's there. And body's you're like, there. wow. The ramifications of that just for this show get me really excited where every moment of this episode, I was like, trying to get ahead of it and trying to figure it out because that's how these spy thrillers normally play. And I'm like, who is a scroll? Who's been a scroll? Was Ross a scroll the entire time? Yeah. Is this uh, just that moment he was like looking like Everett Ross? Or is this the same Everett Ross that we saw recently in Wakanda Forever? I like that I'm asking all these questions and I'm really excited for next week. I feel like the slow burnness of it uh totally works when it's led by such an amazing cast and Samuel L. Jackson. Is just so good, and we've not quite seen him as Nick Fury like this. Right. Him playing the more old man Nick Fury, does he still got the stuff? But I'm convinced he he's putting on a show still. I, I you think it's performative? I do. I, I do. agree. I Which, totally agree. I think that it's the the question of like who's on whose side and how's this all going on? Who's playing who? It's not just the scroll side of things. It's not just the Russian spies. I think Nick Fury 
the amount of times they're like, Nick Fury's always five steps ahead of the game. Nick Fury always knows this. He is. He knows what he's doing. I think he is. I think it, in the same way that a great chess master can still be several steps ahead, several moves ahead, and still get totally blindsided by a rook, I think that's what happened to Fury this episode. I think uh, he ultimately is. I, I, that's what, something I talk about in the Easter egg breakdown on the New Rockstars channel is uh, Nick Fury, the moment he steps off that spaceship in the early scene, he winces in pain. Uh, and then I think they do it early on to establish this is an old man, Fury. He's not wearing his eye patch anymore so that you can deliberately see his scars more clearly. However, as the episode goes on, and he's talking to Sonia Fallsworth, uh, he says that, like, hey, this is why I let your guys take me, is to get to you. I think he is putting on a show. I think he's limping on purpose. And when he's walking through the streets, I think he's got that Will Smith and Men in Black thing when he sees a little girl. Like, what's this girl doing out in the ghetto in the middle of the night? He knows what's up. She, yeah. there, she's up to something. So I think he totally knows what's up, but I think he was surprised at whether or not the scrolls would uh, strike first. And, and I think on top of that, it's even if he's a step ahead of the game, there's so many... Uh, pieces at play it's not just a one-on-one -on -one chess game i feel like it's like four five ten way chess here going on mm -hmm. where even within the scrolls like do we trust talos i don't mm -hmm. think so yeah like, I don't it, know. that's the thing is like i feel like they're presenting this character as kind of the good guy like we look at him as like the good side of scrolls even uh early in this episode uh he has a line of like oh it's one of one of you it's like he's not one of us mm -hmm. like we are different there are different types of scrolls and even captain marvel the movie i feel like did a really good job and i i enjoyed the the twist on scrolls of the scrolls are good guys like yeah. they're just trying to find a home and like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not what we from comic uh books realize to be like the the bad guys in this bad force this show is kind of presenting that other side uh which i think is interesting but talos's role in it all feels manipulative even mm -hmm. with fury who he's known for decades at this point his relationship with his daughter um the reveal of it being his daughter the reveal of the daughter working with the bad guys or the bad scrolls the bad scrolls being involved with the death of the mother all of it feels like they're giving us information with withholding some like key parts that i yeah. think are going to come into play where even uh her working with the the guy to come up with the plan of like hey We'll put the uh, infrared uh, paint or whatever on the the bag so you can find it. Like, how in it is she? Like, how many? How does it go all the way to the top yeah. or just most of the way to the top? And I think that Nick Fury might understand what he knows, and he's five steps ahead of that game. But I feel like there's games being played that he's not even aware of yet. Yeah, that's uh, where the episode started to lose me a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's Marvel, it's MCU on Disney Plus. So obviously, my eyes are glued to it the whole time. I'm never gonna <laughs> tune out completely. But I think it's more of like the A to B plot mechanics of dealing with this art dealer, Paprishkin, I believe his name was. I think there were some plot holes specifically with him. He was already in one of those uh, scroll um, temple zapping shells the moment she walks in. They had already duplicated him. So why did they need to pay him money if he was already part of their scroll network? Mm. I was just kind of asking these questions. And I'm sure there are logical answers in it. Like maybe they needed to pay him so that he could balance his books and then avoid suspicion from people he owed money to. I don't know. But the fact that I had to like do that extra legwork to justify why Fury and Talos were tailing uh, Gaia, why Gaia had to pay him, why they just didn't already have the bomb parts that they needed to build the bomb if it was already in scroll hands. I think they just did that to justify that that Chase beat scene and like so that, that Talos yeah. could find her and they could have this moment. She could fight with uh, Maria Hill. I think it was all unnecessary. And as even if you can't see the logical plot holes as you're watching, I think most audiences can feel it. We start to smell the BS and then we realize that just something is languid, something's dragging in this story beat. 
And I think for a lot of people who might feel like this episode's too much of a slow burn. Um, oh, absolutely. That might be why. Yeah. But by the end, I think it, it pulls you back into the conspiracy of it. Um, a question I have for you, Tim. Mm-hmm. When we're reading Brian Michael Bendis' crossover comic, uh, it ends. It begins in a very splashy way. There was like a road to secret invasion, but when the secret invasion storyline really began, they revealed some major Marvel characters were scrolls. Uh, we learned Elektra was a scroll. We Hawkeye. learned Hawkeye, Spider Woman, uh, Hank Pym. There's an amazing moment where they all start to reveal themselves. Uh, Jarvis, Edwin Jarvis, is like reveals himself to be awesome. part of it. So like someone right in Tony Stark's orbit. Was revealing that Martin Freeman as Everett Ross was a scroll, but not really revealing how long he's been a scroll. Was that effective enough of a gut punch of a reveal for you? So, um, yes and no. I think to to your point, absolutely not. And I feel like that's just that was them kind of setting the stage that this show is not a direct adaptation of yeah. the comic books in the same way that MCU stuff rarely is. You look at Civil War, and the spirit of it's there, but overall, it's not. I feel with uh, with Martin Freeman being a scroll here, I still have the question of how long has it been? Yeah. And is it even the same guy that we've known in these previous movies? And even if it was, does that really matter too much? Like, yeah. I don't know that that right. has the the um, ramifications necessary for, th- for it to be like, oh, wow, this actually means stuff. But then you start thinking about the cast that we have here and the potential cast that might show up in future episodes. And you think of uh, um, uh, Dave Fontaine. Mm. character right who's martin freeman's wife Mm. and we know that she's involved in government um going ons we get don Cheadle here being uh right hand man to the president who we rarely see in the mcu thus far yeah we've seen matthew ellis there's uh, been references in iron Iron man Man 3 3, but since then we haven't known or seen and we know that in captain america uh what's it called now brave new world brave new world yeah with the new with the rename there uh, that uh, Harrison Ford is going to be taking on the role of Thunderbolt Ross as right. the president. So in my mind, I'm like, I feel like throughout the course of this episode, this series, something's going to happen to the president. Yeah, don't get too attached to Ritson, right? Check yeah. on your 25th Amendment yeah, <laughs> language. It, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Is he going to die, or is it going to be revealed that the president has been a scroll? Right. And how deep does that go? But then I feel like uh, with uh, Dave Fontaine, what's her first name? Val. Val. Yeah, yeah Val. Uh, with Val's connections to the U.S. government side of things and her connections to uh, Martin Freeman, who's now known to be a scroll, I feel like it's connecting in a way that is interesting, and that's where the ramifications can come into play, is the more actual government side that explains where we're at politically mm-hmm. for um, a lot of the, the bigger MCU-wide things to take place. So yeah. while it's not Hawkeye and it's not Jarvis and it's not like the, these characters, Spider-Woman, like not characters that like super matter to like the superhero world, I think that it's it's potentially a really wise choice for them to make it really matter in the political world, which mm-hmm. we have some big questions, right? Like we still have uh, Tiamat Island situation, right? Sure, like yeah, out yeah, there yeah. Where It's like, what, when are they ever going to get back to that? What's going on? Yeah. The government entities are the ones that are going to have to deal with the, the going-ons there. So yeah. I... I'm cautiously optimistic about it being the right call to start with him. And I also think that that setup allowed the Maria Hill thing to really just hit better. Yeah. Because we do care about her. Cause just If only because of how long she's been involved. Yeah. It's definitely a good bookend for Maria Hill. If that's where you want to end the episode, I think starting with Everett Ross is a good twist. Uh, it was interesting. The director of the series, um, uh, Ali Salim, who we, we interviewed at New Rockstars, um, he said in another interview this week that 
he did not read the Secret Invasion comics and that he it's not part of the story he's trying to tell, which I have to just say, if you're working on a Marvel show, if you're a director or writer, do not say this stuff in just interviews. Don't say it. Just don't say it because you know people are going to get pissed off at you if you say that. If you want to separate yourself, if you want to sequester yourself and creatively tell your own story, I, I understand that. But like the reason these shows exist is because there is a fan base, and the Secret Invasion crossover event in the comics was massive. It's like saying, I mean. I get the people who worked on the Ms. Marvel show did the opposite approach. They said, G. Willow Wilson, like a producer on the show, very important to us because they understood what those comics mean to people. Secret Invasion, they should have done the same thing. At least, at least say that you read it and you're trying to do your own thing. Um, but anyway, he said that he wasn't trying to do it. Um, but also, I think that does open it up to introduce different people. And you just have to look at who the parallels are in the MCU. Uh, and I think you mentioned Val. For me, like 90%, she's a scroll. The way she's been so shady that she has had so many ulterior motives. And I have like a scroll checklist that I make. Purple up. hair? Purple hair? Always changing color? What? Tim and Eric scroll? <laughs> it's wild how shady she's been. And my pet theory is that we've had a scroll Ross and a scroll Val, and neither of them knew that the other was a scroll, and that's oh, why their marriage see, fell apart. It was like a Mr. Be, and Mrs. Smith that could situation. Be super fun. Yeah. I, I can see them playing with that in an interesting way. Like um, Going back to you talking about the, the director um, and just some of the weird calls, I just it's a very weird time for the MCU for so many reasons, whether it's fatigue in a billion different ways of not just Marvel, but just superheroes in general, um, streaming shows in general, content, everything, all of that. I feel like it's very important for Disney to say the right things, do the right things, mm -hmm. present things in the right way, build up hype for this. This seems like the least hyped Marvel project in a very long time. Yeah. Like, agreed. I don't know anyone else. No one here has watched it yet. Yeah. And it's like back in the day, it would have been like midnight. We're doing this. And I feel like it's lines like that in interviews of like, I didn't even read the comic. It's like, this isn't going to get people excited. And then on top of that, the AI intro, which yeah. is no matter Let's talk about what that. your thoughts are on it, the conversation is now dominated by that. And I think that's important because while I think that there are the, the quality of it itself and does it fit the show and all of that, that's one conversation. Then there's just the reality of the time and place we live in right now where it's like, Disney, no. What were they thinking? Like, granted, when I first saw it, I, it did look a little like mid-journey-esque to me, but I, I don't know enough about the technology to do an eyeball test and that sort of thing. I think some of the imagery that's in it are pretty cool. But now that I know, like, again, why did you have to say it proudly in an interview that you use this company to do it? Because now when I watch it, I'm like, oh, it wasn't an artist who did that. You just wrote it into an AI script prompt to come up with chess pieces that shapeshift into each other. So it, it just, I, some people are trying to uh, preemptively defend it. Like, oh, the whole theme of it is supposed to be ersatz imagery. Can we trust this? Is this actually a human or not? And that all makes sense. That yeah. that's all accurate. To me, I call BS on but that. But it's not worth it. It's, it's just not, not worth, it worth it because the show's not about technology. If this were a show about Ultron or Ultron centuries that were posing as humans, if this were a show about if this were Vision Quest, where Vision is trying to Absolutely. hide in plain sight, that'd be one thing. But this is about xenophobia. This is about scroll invasion. This is about uh, nativism, displacement, displacement I, cultural identity. It, it, this is about flesh. And you cannot have a robot AI 
come up with a, a prompt to, to do the opening title sequence of a show about that kind of theme. I, I just think it, it was uh, tone deaf to do that. It's tone deaf to just mit- admit it in an interview like that on release day. Like, I, I'm not that, I, I sound madder than I actually am about it. I just think this is, this is like an unforced error by Marvel. Yeah, like, they 100%. cannot afford unforced errors right now. They have to stick the landing on this show. And for them to just make weird moves like that, it's like, guys, come on. There's a good show here. There's the best cast I've seen on any Marvel Disney Plus show. You have Oscar nominees and Oscar winners in this cast. It, uh, you have a good director. You have Brian Tucker writing these, one of the best writers on Game of Thrones. Like, it should not struggle like this. It's one of, Brian Michael Bendis' storyline was amazing. It's so relevant to right now. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be fumbling like this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. You're so right. You're absolutely right, Eric. Uh, I, we're going to take a quick word from our sponsors. When we get back, we're going to get back to talking about the show at hand. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know this from experience, how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. So moving back to the episode here, um, what were, were there any other like talking points that you have? Yeah, um, the question of Soren. Um, I think Soren is. I, I missed her this episode. Um, I love this idea that she brought these seeds of the Santa Milica plant, and that she had this dream for what scrolls could be on planet Earth, and that she she was killed off off screen. I think structurally they did this to remove any doubt that Maria Hill is actually dead or not. Like this. Her best-known scroll counterpart is Soren, and Soren's yeah. off the off the board now. Um, but I want to know exactly the circumstances of her death. Like it was, it sounded like Gravit killed her, but we don't know exactly how. But there's st- still a chance that it's all a lie, right? We, yeah, you know, true. true. I, I, I think she's dead, but I do think that, and maybe I'm just getting like way wild into this, but I think that Talos is being a little weird. Uh-huh. And I, I think that him talking about like, you work for the person that killed your mom, like all that stuff. It's like, are you the person that she's working for? Like, is there like, there's well, a person above um, the, the, the main guy that we're seeing that's presented as the antagonist right now. Like it kind of feels like there's going to be, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of similarities in the, the um, kind of plots and the way that the antagonists are, are going about things as the flag smashers in mm-hmm. um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. so far, where these displaced people that are just trying to find a way home, like just trying to have a new home, they'll go to any lengths to do that because they feel like they've been robbed of something that was theirs. And I'm hoping that this comes together in a way that that is a little clearer than that. Um, yeah. I feel like that was such an amazing setup and they kind of fumbled it. Uh, yeah. In execution. Yeah. Flag smashers was rough. 
Um, one way they could fix it is just by establishing that the Flag Smashers were another Skrull splinter group. Like, that they were part of the Skrull. Now, I guess you'd get a little messed up there with the super soldier serum. Mm. But I think, and Skrulls are already strong, and we saw Carly Morgenthau use some of it. Uh, but I think it could still work. I think uh, people don't have that as clearly in their head, and that just could be, because we know there's this global network of different terrorists that have these different objectives, but they're all part of the Skrull operation. Uh, I guess that could work. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't want this to be another Flag Smashers. I, I, I see the potential here. Like, I feel like there's a story they can tell that makes a lot of sense. And if they have the right twists and turns, that it could kind of, like, be buttoned up in this great uh, little adventure for Nick Fury and the team. But going back to Maria Hill, mm. it is interesting that the last time we saw her, she was actually Soren, the wife mm-hmm. of Talos in the end of Far From Home, or I guess throughout Far From Home. So besides that, when was the last time we saw Maria Hill? I feel like it's been a long time. Tony Stark's funeral. I think she was there for that, but so was everybody. Um, she was in, jeez, um, now you got me lost. I know she was in Infinity War in the post credit scene of Infinity War. That's when I she feel and like Nick that was dusted it. away. And I think, yeah, that would have been the last time she had dialogue, in the, like real dialogue, because, yeah, the Maria Hill we saw in Far From Home was Soren the entire time. Um, yeah, I kind of want to know where Maria Hill has been. After the like, I understand now they're establishing Nick Fury shortly after Tony Stark's funeral went up and and formed Saber, which I, that's something we should talk about. Saber, what the point of Saber is? Uh, it sounds like Nick Fury had a bit of paranoia after Thanos was freaked out and the wanted suit to of armor around the world. Suit of, suit of armor around the world. Um, could this also be part of his promise to try to find a new scroll home world? Which I think that is like so when we're this many projects, what like forty projects in the MCU, there's always going to be like un, unanswered questions that they leave open for things, but also just like plot points that might not get revisited for ten movies just because like it's within a franchise within a franchise or whatever it is. Captain Marvel at this point was almost five years ago. Like yeah, that's that's pretty wild to think about. Like I don't remember a lot of the exact beats, but one of the things was the promise was find a new home for the scrolls. Clearly that failed. For a multitude of reasons, like Thanos got involved in all yeah. that. Um, but it is interesting that now they seem to be trying to, to make Earth the new home, and that's what the plot is here. The, Nick Fury just trying to protect things versus actually coming up with the solutions. That's where I'm a little bit more lost on. Is this old man Fury, or is he playing a trick on everybody, and he actually is in more control? Like, Does he have a plan for them? I'm not sure about that part of it. Yeah. I, I can't say with confidence that the people working on this show have a, a clear enough understanding of who Nick Fury is and how to. We just have not seen it in on in the MCU on Disney Plus, with the exception of Loki, where they actually stuck the landing of a character had a plan the whole time. And I think with Loki, we were just so overwhelmed with the performance of it and the the mystery of them going through the Citadel that we were able to look past some plot holes. But there were some plot holes in Loki. Mm-hmm. With, with He Who Remains' plan of why would he court Loki and Sylvie this way. You can definitely draw, thread a, a cord through it all to make it all make sense, but there's a couple moments where it's like, well, why would you bring in people to destroy you? Like, we still don't know exactly what the ending of Loki was. I think that's part of the allure and the appeal of it. But with every other Disney Plus series, literally every single other one, there are the villains in it, their plans by the end of the series do not make sense, they're filled with plot holes, so I just, I haven't seen a good track record of Marvel sticking the landing. So I hope that they're able to prove me wrong with the scrolls. And I sound like a hater right now. I know. I've liked all these shows. I, I enjoy the ride. I'm someone who will judge a show based off of the way I feel as I'm watching it as opposed to after the credits roll in the final episode. 
So I love WandaVision, even though a lot of people think that the show didn't stick the landing. To me, that and Loki are my number one. And I'm number right two. there with you. Yeah. Um, but but I, in terms of like, are we going to feel satisfied about what Fury's plan is and what Gravik's plan is by the end of this? I just wouldn't judge the show that way. That's yeah, all I'll say. That, that's a good point. I also think a thing that I I know I'm always like, all right, cool. Where where is this in the timeline? What does that mean? What answers are they going to give us here to things? I've been wondering what has Maria Hill been up to? What has this? What Nick Fury's doing? Saber. We've been seeing that now in a couple different ways, like the end of Wandavision, mm-hmm. even right with uh, Monica Rambeau being told, "Hey, from a scroll, mm-hmm. you're going up there to see to see him and Far From Home's end, all that." Um, but there's been. So it starts with present day, which could mean a million different things, right? right? Like present <laughs> day knows? for us or for them. Like, I'm not really exactly sure uh, where that, that falls in terms of like the other shows and movies and things like that. But they were giving us at least some like, this is where this character he- is here and all that. Like Don Cheadle's character mm-hmm. of Rhodey is like, all right, we saw him in Falcon and Winter Soldier talking to um, to Sam. And now he's here kind of with the president. And that kind of just sets the tone of, He's not doing superhero stuff on the regular. Mm-hmm. He seems more like a political figure than uh, like how, how he used to be in the like Iron Man one through three days, as opposed to the Infinity War Endgame. I am legit one of the core Avengers trying to save the world. So it is interesting to think about like what is the status of the Avengers and the way the Avengers are even talked about in relation to Nick Fury. Uh, they make the joke about what you get for your your midlife crisis, and he's like, I got the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just interesting to see a Nick Fury without heroes, like without, I don't even want to say his toys, but without his answer to any problem, right? Mm -hmm. So I do feel like that is the one weakness he has um, going into this show is the only people he has are Talos and Maria Hill. Now Maria Hill's dead. Mm -hmm. Is Talos like bad to begin with or to end with? Like, I don't even know, but like, I'm interested in all these things. I just hope they answer those questions in satisfying ways. Yeah, I, we don't really know what uh, Nick Fury's network is. For a while, it really did just consist of Maria Hill and anybody who knows how to fly a helicarrier, uh, and then some <laughs> scrolls who he still got, who still pick up his calls. Like, yeah, I think Fury is pretty isolated now from being out of the game, and that's something that they established early on. I think it it is the most interested I've been in Nick Fury ever, and I think that's one thing this show's doing really well. It it should have just been called Fury. Uh, if it's not going to be following like the real uh, paranoia in the sense that anybody could be a scroll, and we'll see, it's too early to judge. But I mean, this show could have just been called Fury, and then maybe could have been its own prelude to a true secret invasion thing. But that's how I felt about every time they've adapted, like Civil War. I, I'm I'm one of the haters. I don't I don't hate Civil War, but people call me a hater of Civil War because I think like it wasn't a true Civil War story. It was like a good Captain America story, good Captain America Tony Stark story, but it didn't have the stakes and the all-encompassing feel that the Civil War comic event did, where literally everyone was drawn into it. That's what Secret Evasion is supposed to feel like. And I don't know if we're going to see Thor show up in this. I don't <laughs> think we're going to see Hulk show up in this. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, let's let's end the episode here. Do you think we see... What's the biggest cameo or, like, biggest appearance you think we get in this film? Mm, I think... Okay, so I think the craziest cameos we'll see... I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is showing up. Yep. Um, I think 90%. Uh, for people who might not be on people's scroll radar, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, I oh. think could be a scroll option, and Wong. 
Only because those two guys have good relationships with Disney. Favreau is producing all the Star Wars shows. Sure, he'd walk over to the set. And then it's the Wong CU. He's been in everything. And, uh, like, I have another video in the works about, like, the scroll checklist. There's a specific reason why Wong might be a scroll that uh, you might not think about. Yeah. I mean, when you when you even just think about locations and stuff, like, there's been a lot of Russia in this, which I do think is interesting. I, I think it's cool to kind of set up more of the government entities as well um and them talking about the circus and all the like the mm. james bondy type uh-huh. uh, situations over there i think that's cool especially as an analog to having shield having saber these like more you know superhero-y type uh, organizations um so yeah I, i'm i'm interested in wh- how people can get back to dc or russia or whatever it is wong has a portal you yeah. know what I mean? He can sling where he can go wherever he wants. So like that, that could be could be interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm not expecting any big superhero uh, cameos or appearances in this. I do think that it it'll it'll be more the the Vals and yeah. uh, any any human character. I think that they are the ones that are ripe for play here in terms of there being a scroll and what that could actually mean looking back. And I, I do think them showing the um, old footage of Nick Fury getting dusted. Um, is them showing that they're willing to do that and i i personally am hoping for some hey here's a a human character that you know even if it was val maybe someone with a little bit more legacy in the mcu and do the whole let's show old footage of them of all like the the moments i'm always a sucker for that even uh, far from home did it yeah right right right, right. um and i feel like far from home um sorry i'm going a a little long on this one but far from home when you look at the themes of that movie and the fact that there were scrolls in that movie yeah. is weird, right? Is, yes. That was always like a weird call of like, why even have that be a part of this Spider-Man story that there's a reveal that it's not actually Nick Fury and Maria Hill with the exception of we had to give an excuse for why he was making dumb decisions. Right. 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 But they could have just put a different character then. They could have done so many things. They had scrolls in that for some reason. And I think Mysterio's whole plan of using misinformation to create a new reality for himself and like to make himself look like the good guy that's kind of what's happening here Mm. at least from what we see so far of the scrolls plan could a scroll have been part of team mysterio potentially because the scrolls are now directly benefiting from the fake news trend that started with that mysterio and j jonah jameson building on it they reference it vaguely the the difference between websites and real news outlets Uh and you can't really trust it anymore yeah, that's an amazing theory. I, I think I don't it's know. brilliant. It's just when they started talking about there was the lines of like uh, this country started a war with this country, you started a war with this country, and all this stuff, and it's all of them manipulating all of this. I'm like, it sounds kind of similar to Mysterio's plan, just on a global level. So, and then when I was thinking, I was like, when's the last time we saw the scrolls? Far from home. Far from home. So, all right, can we put some odds on William Ginter Riva? The guy who's like, I'm not Tony Stark, who's part of Team Mysterio, and he worked for the Stark organization. He would have been in Stark's orbit for years and years and years. I, I think there's a good chance, because he's friends with Favreau. He's like a director, that guy who played Ralphie in yeah, a Christmas yeah, yeah. Story. He's like a longtime Hollywood guy. I feel like he'd put on green makeup. I would love to see that. And I, that's what I'm talking about, like the, the retcon footage of like, because they did that in Far From Home, like with him of like, oh yeah, he was there the whole time. I want to see that for a different character. And I think having him do that as well, and they could even show the Far From Home stuff. I don't know if they can. Yeah, but, I don't know. I think yeah, that might maybe, be so. Maybe but they not. can show maybe Iron Man put stuff. The whole, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, interesting stuff. Let us know in the comments below who you think is a scroll because this is Scroll Watch 2023. Uh, we'll be talking about the show each and every week. There's six episodes for this one, right? Yes. Yeah, six episodes. Uh, let us know what you thought of episode one. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. 
Where can people find you? You can find me on the New Rockstars Network, which is now three channels. We have the main New Rockstars channel. We have the Deep Dive, where I do special film analyses. And then we have a third channel, The Break Room, which is where all of our after shows are going to live. So our Secret Invasion after shows will be on The Break Room, at Break Room NR. So those three channels. And uh, Tim, thanks so much for having me on. This has been a blast. Of course, man. Uh, until next time, have a marvelous day. Bye, everybody.